This is the sound of small businesses owning it with Sage Accounting. Renovation owned. Invoices sorted. Clients workout owned. Expenses smashed. Tax return done. Take control of your business with cloud accounting from Sage. Own it. Try for free at sage.com. Welcome to the Honest Money Small Business Focus, sponsored by Sage. I'm Warren Ingram, the author of a few best-selling books, and I'm also an award-winning financial planner, and I've helped thousands of people on their journey to financial freedom. I'm not here to tell you what to do, but I am here to share my experience and the best ideas that I've learned, and I hope these ideas help you on your journey to financial freedom. Welcome to uh, w- welcome to Honest Money. I'm, I'm so excited today to, ha- to have... Uh, a guest that's kind of um, run the spectrum from from being an employee at a corporate, uh, you know, starting a side hustle, you know, getting a um, you know background and, and a qualification in accounting, and then you know getting the the kind of dream of a lot of people who have a side hustle, which is to turn the side hustle into his main hustle. So so I'm really excited about t- today's show. And, and our guest is Chapiso Sekudu. He, he is the, co, the, the co-owner and um, an executive director of Accelerate. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Aaron, for having me. So I, I, I think it would be amazing for, for our, our listeners to, to hear your story and, and to get a background um, into how this, the, the, you know, your journey, I guess, as an employee into, into a business uh, founder and, and owner and, uh, and the man running, that, running it in, in, you know, in the group. Now. It would be amazing if you could just share that story with us. It all began, my career well started in 2014. Uh, I worked for a big software company. Uh, it's an international. And then from there... Uh, I slowly raised, uh, raised in the ranks. I became, I started as a consultant taking calls and literally been screamed on by multiple clients. Uh, moved on to become a trainer where now I travel all around South Africa, uh, training on the product uh, and also just getting to meet multiple business owners and professionals. From there, I moved into a sales position uh, where I started learning how to sell. So I became a pre-sales consultant, ensuring that we are pairing the right business with the right solutions. And now I stand with that, uh, stumbled across a great opportunity to become an exec. Uh, but then I realized that the office, the corner office suits every day. Uh, they look exciting on TV, but that wasn't really in my DNA. <laughs> okay, okay. And that's when... Uh, I joined Accelerate uh, full-time. But then the big story behind Accelerate would be while I was still um, in the software company, uh, I then started selling things. So I sold hot water bottles in winter just to make that extra income. And then from there, I had to, because winter is only about three months, uh, and then there's a funny story around that as well is that somebody said to me, I was broke. He said to me, Hey, listen, I've got 2,000 rands. I want to have somebody um, just hold it for me. I would want to, I want to use it at month end. So just like the banks, I had money on me that I had to just look at for, for about a month. So I went to the China Mall. I bought the umbrellas. So the element of risk was there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I bought the hot water bottles. Uh, they were yeah. nice and fluffy, sold them. 
<laughs> made the cheap thousand and a bit of profit and the cycle of just getting more stock began. From there, uh, winter was finished. It's over with winter. I had to then find something else to sell. And I started looking for umbrellas. I remember actually I took one of my friends. We drove all the way down to Peter Maritzburg. We found this place. They use cash only. And I bought umbrellas. Uh, <laughs> well, by then I had like 10K from the $2,000 yeah. mine. Uh, I bought the umbrellas with all the money. And wow. the umbrella business spiked all the way up until uh, it was February, March. Then again, the cycle sort of continued where I would do hot water bottles umbrellas. Uh, during that process, that's when I met my business partner, Rufente, where I said, hey, there's an opportunity in software. Uh, she had done articles with Deloitte. She was qualified as a chartered accountant. But now we had to say, okay, fine. Let's, let's find something that you can do because she was done with corporate as well. And I started teaching her the products uh, and then we, she would consult. But then where things made sense is when I became a pre-sales consultant because now, again, another element of risk, it would have cost me my job, but um, I'd go and sell the product and she would be the preferred partner of choice. <laughs> so, and then from there, we started uh, implementing the products. Uh, I teach her that. And the business really did sustain it for about a year and a half. And then that's when I literally came in full time uh, to build the business, which has been amazing. We've achieved, I think, a double digit growth year on year. Wow. Uh, so it's been an amazing journey in that regard. And, and am I right in saying that you, you got yourself qualified as an accountant in all of this? Yes. Uh, I'm a dropout. I used to study at the University of Pretoria and my third year I dropped out. Uh, finally, I still got a job. But then from there, I uh, had to start studying. Again, I did my diploma with uh, the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers. Uh, from there, I started doing, again, as a side hustle, I do people's books. In my mind, I was hustling, but actual fact, I was doing articles. <laughs> yeah. Because there are a lot of people who guide me when I didn't understand certain things. Uh, and, and again, it just shows uh, the importance of networks. Uh, and, and I'm having people to support you all around because uh, I got better and better. And now I'm a registered business accountant in practice with uh, cyber. Uh, so it's, it's been amazing in that regard. Yeah, well done. I mean, that's an incredible story. So, so I mean, the, 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 the lessons for, for people listening are, I mean, you can, you can be kind of doing one thing with your, your day job uh, and, and, you know, that might be office bound or in a call center and weekends and nights, you could be doing something completely different. And on top of that, studying. And, and there is no need to kind of give yourself uh, a box. You don't need to put yourself in a box and say, I can't do this or I can't do that. Sounds to me like you found ways to do things. That take a bit of sacrifice. Uh, I remember even when I had to move to a trainer road uh, in corporate, at that point, anybody who was a trainer who had eight years plus experience uh, on the software, uh, I had only been uh, the company for about a year. So I, I worked, I remember I bought a laptop for 3,000 rands. I studied the product very hard. I requested to write the assessment. Uh, so you just have to have like a fighting spirit uh, to watch things. Um, even when having to start the side hustles and sell things, you've got to realize that uh, you only have yourself rather to save yourselves. You have to make a plan for yourself to, to make more money, whether 
it's to support your education, whether it's to support your family, or whether it's, it could be for fun things anyway, you know? It doesn't have to be a, a whole uh, sub-story around you making money. It could be because you like traveling, and traveling could be expensive, so you want to make more money. Really, one needs to sort of jump out of their comfort and say, uh, this is, I end 10,000, I'm left with nothing, and I'm always looking forward to the next paycheck. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that for me, I'm, I mean, I'm also an entrepreneur and, and I must say your, your journey and um, I mean, I think you made a success of yourself much faster than me. I can tell you, I was a slow learner, but, um, but, but I always feel like, uh, you know, we, 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 when we're in the corporate world, we look at the entrepreneurs and we think, you know, life's so easy that, they, they, you know, they, they've just got it made. And then when you're in the entrepreneur world, you realize it's never going to be easy. And, and the only limit is yourself, your vision and your work. I mean, that's all. If you put in the work and you open your eyes to the opportunities, you, you, they've got no limit. There is, there is not, nobody to tell you you can't do this. You just got to give it a go. And one needs to be actually open to learning. Uh, I mean, at this point, I'm looking at different things. Uh, I mean, even, even with this, I, it wasn't really a passion. It's something that came easy to me. I enjoyed doing it. Uh, and I just had to flip, uh, flip it for, for, for it to make me money. Uh, and as you speak now, uh, well, the passion sort of builds up because you get passionate about businesses and seeing them grow and having the right sort of systems uh, and, and, and also passing it on, on the two team. We've got now a team of 10 where, I mean, the guys are just so amazing uh, in what they do in the company and in supporting other businesses. But really, it's just about saying this is where I'm seeing opportunity. This is what I like or this is what I can work with this. Uh, it could have been plumbing. It could have been spray painting cars. I normally tell people I could have been a panel beater. I don't know, but <laughs> I would I'd make it work. <laughs> it would, you would have been a great panel beater, not not just any panel beater. <laughs> hundreds, <Yeah>. hundreds. <laughs> so, uh, for 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 small business owners, you, you know, I always think about the early days. You know, you kind of just get going, right? You do, you, you just want to make a living and, and survive, and and then once you go from survival mode, it's just about growth. And, uh, and, and, you know, they're, they're, I mean, I think, you, you know, off air, you, you spoke about blind spots. So, so what are some of the blind spots that, that small business owners need to be careful of? Uh, based on my journey, number one, uh, I really enjoyed selling. Uh, well, I still sell it now, but uh, sometimes it would be not having a clear strategy, number one, and also not having uh, proper targets and proper planning because of, Sometimes overcommit, uh, and then again, that could be a recipe for failure. Uh, sometimes you under deliver, and also that can ruin your reputation. So that'll be price stop number one. Also, when it comes to budgeting and planning also, you need to know, this is how much I need to bring in as a minimum. And now you need to break it down. If I have to bring in X amount as a minimum, here are the activities that I need to engage in for that dream to be realized. And then from there, you can start thinking about growth. Uh, I mean, I, I also encourage people, if you've got incubation opportunities, especially for people who want to be entrepreneurs, go into those incubation opportunities where they, you get the skills, because you might be good at what you know, but sometimes you might be not so good in running a business, you know? Uh, and also partnering up with the right people so, so you talk about uh, incubation, and 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 for, for people who are listening who don't know what that means, uh, don't you want to tell me a bit more about that? 
it's a you get different types of incubations uh, but uh, i've been part of one thanks to uh, one of our sponsors uh, which is sage actually they they literally put us through a program where we it was a medium segment sort of business incubation where you learn on systems literally from uh, i mean i didn't know i say i love selling i didn't know that marketing and sales are quite different you know so they will take you through marketing systems sales systems operation systems uh finance systems uh and then just to make sure that now at, at the end of the day the business that you're building is bankable uh i think that the, the incubation process they call it creating an asset of value so ensuring that the things that you don't know of which are very much standard in every business you get insights on and you get mentorship and you get uh you even had forgot what they called it uh sort of like reflection se- sessions where you get taught something now you must go and implement you know we, we you learn about i mean we didn't we, we just wanted to do business but then we had to have customer segments we needed to learn about having our priority segments uh where most of our business is coming from so that even when you've got marketing activities you are not just uh, closing your eyes and just shooting everywhere or punching everywhere. You are literally focused in that. And within your sales as well, tracing leads uh, from when you have a lead, what, 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 what you should do with it. When you've got from a, from a lead to all the way having a guy as a customer, having the right steps there, you know, having a CRM, something that one would think, I mean, that's for big business, but then no, it's not. Uh, if you're running a business, you need systems. So CRM would help you to know where your customer is in their journey of purchasing. You know, so in all around, what sort of incubation helped us to literally put systems in place to document our processes as well, so that also because now you st- you've stopped hustling in a way, we are now moving to say we've built up, we're building a business, and it should be able to self-sustain in our absence. I think that's a, such a critical point. You know, I, I mean, I remember the first time someone told me, you know, you've got to take everything you do in your business and document it. I, I mean, I'm not an admin person and I felt, I felt that was like, almost like a death sentence. I was going to die by paperwork and I couldn't understand why they were doing that. And I think the, the, the value there is that if you, if you can write down, and I mean, nowadays, write down could be a, a, a system, right? It doesn't have to be on a piece of paper in a, in a big file. Um, but if you can write down, this is how we sell, this is how we service, this is how we do invoicing, et cetera, that means that, that you can bring people into your business and you can teach them by looking at the process that you've created. You can teach them to do that job. And as you say, I mean, that's your, your, your critical point here is that means that you can hire and you, you don't have to keep doing the paperwork, the admin, the, you know, the cleaning, the chasing the bills, et cetera, et cetera. You can teach people to do all the things that your business do in the way you want them to. And then you can focus on growing the business or being the entrepreneur and not actually doing all the nuts and bolts jobs that need to be done every day. And, and it, as you're saying, then it becomes something that, that can live while, while you go on holiday or while you, fo- while, while you focus on the next thing that the business needs to do. I mean, some of the things, it also translates to, as an entrepreneur, uh, one of our biggest fears. I mean, uh, I used to fear getting sick. You know, I think to myself, oh, I get sick, everything stops. You know, but yeah. then I didn't do much about it. Uh, luckily, I had a business partner, but then if, if, if you're alone, 
then it means you're carrying all the weight. You are constantly working 24-7 and this entrepreneurship really becomes this hard thing. But then you can simply just pause and document every process. Uh, employ people, uh, have interns. I mean, we've got the unemployment rates in South Africa are skyrocketing now, but you know, uh, you could have somebody who can come into your business uh, and then they learn the ropes. I mean, uh, and then it's sort of the fear starts to diminish over time because of you've now built this vehicle that can drive itself. Yeah. And, and I feel, uh, you know, especially for entrepreneurs who are not, uh, who are maybe already in their 30s or 40s, you know, hiring, hiring kind of young, uh, ambitious people, um, it's, it's often the best thing you can do. I know it's scary because, you know, they're, they're a different generation. They almost talk a different language. They, you know, they, they work, they're on their phones and there's all these things to be fearful of. But actually, they work incredibly hard. They're smart. They're dynamic. And, and you know, I find, you know, one plus one gets you to two and a half, you know. And, and so, I mean, I, I agree. And I think if you can't afford to pay proper salaries, give people experience, that there is a nice trade-off there to, to be made. And obviously, you know, you mustn't rip people off. You know, you, I mean, it needs to be proper experience, but, but you can make a trade-off. You can say, I'll give, you, I'll give you business education. I'll give you that in exchange. You give me your time. And if we grow the business I, I'll, and we can afford it, I'll start to pay you a salary. I mean, that's the approach that we also follow. Uh, everybody that we hire, they start off as interns, uh, but then we are so critical around their skills development more than the money. So yes, we do pay them, but we just ensure that, uh, I mean, and, it's an, and, and for some people, they can view it as a risk, but as an entrepreneur, you need to tell yourself that what you know needs to be imparted to other people. You know, so and then you give them the skills that you have to ensure that they, that they can specialize and then you know that you can run a tight ship in that regard. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, this, this, this idea that your knowledge and, you know, your, um, your way of doing business is like a complete state secret. And if you tell anybody anything that your business is going to die, I always think that's rubbish. I mean, uh, you know, we can all look at Facebook and we can all look at Google and, you know, we can all see how a, how a car is made. And, and the point is the knowledge might be there. It doesn't mean we can do that. You know, it still takes uh, an incredible amount of, of, of work and effort. And I think that's the thing entrepreneurs need to understand is it's not the, it's not the skill and the difference between an, a successful entrepreneur and someone else is not uh, the, the, that little bit of knowledge. You know, the knowledge is, is just a tool. Uh, it's, it's something else, you know, it's the drive and it's the passion and it's the, you know, the, 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 the ability to get up every day and make it work. And I think, now, I agree with you. Share your knowledge uh, because you might end up with more empowered employees who, who make you even better. You know, they're, they're not a threat unless you treat them badly. That's when employees become a threat is when you, you know, you don't look after the people that are looking after you. And that's a true street. I mean, uh, I normally say, uh, and then they know in the tough days, I tell them sometimes when they slack, I say, hey, listen, uh, why should we have to care about you if you don't care about the business? You know? yeah. So we, we have to take care of the business. We take care of the business, the business will take care of us. And by the business, I mean being diligent with our customers, with our money, uh, resources, our time. You, you have to be really diligent in that regard. So that's, that's when, I, when I have my tough talks, they know. The and, business and doesn't feel, care if you don't. <laughs> and I feel as a business owner, that's an important thing. You, you, you should be... Uh, open to give hard feedback to people. You, you should do it in a good way. I mean, you, you know, we, we, there's never an excuse to be abusive, but, but I think giving direct and constructive feedback um, from a, a place of care 
is the best thing you can do. You know, I mean, to tell everyone everything's amazing all the time and actually they're not doing a great job, you're not helping them. I mean, you're, 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 you're harming them actually. So, so as long as you're honest and you're fair, I, I think, um, you, you know, you shouldn't be afraid of, of, of giving people the tough, the tough talks as well as the good talks. You know, everyone wants to be a cheer, cheerleader. That's a nice job. Definitely. I mean, uh, we've got one of our ladies, Tamara. Uh, she recently just qualified or she got a bookkeeping fundamentals certification. And she comes from a background where there was no uh, accounting. She she did like, I think the, 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 the histories, the metalets. And uh, to see her come out from that space where now uh, she's able to do our coaching, our invoicing, she's able to follow up on payments, uh, our scheduling. It's just been so amazing, you know? So there's also that upside uh, that seeing somebody grow, uh, it's, it's quite fulfilling. So um, for, for a small business owner who's, who's you know, looking for resources or looking for information, you know, where, where are the places that people can go to find more information about uh, you know, these kinds of incubators or, or just online resources? What, what would you suggest they can look at? Right. First things first, I mean, uh, the best thing would be to know exactly what market that you're in. Then, because then, it, I mean, yes, incubators could be the same. Uh, but if, if you know the industry that you're in, you can sort of follow um, the big organization, the one that you aspire to be like. I mean, uh, for instance, uh, we're in the software space. Uh, we work closely with Sage. And I know that everything that I've sort of that I'm trying to do sort of mimics what Sage is doing. And then where the process is bad, I try to say, okay, if Sage is not doing this right, how do I best improve it? How do I make it better for my clients? Because uh, ultimately, well, it's, it's a mutually beneficial relationship between myself, our clients, uh, Sage, my accounting board, you name it. So that's the first thing, understanding your industry, number one. Number two, uh, I mean, uh, big organizations are there to, 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 to give out resources, you know? Uh, you, you, you will find that then that they've got, uh, I mean, from their BE Spain uh, or solely from an international perspective where they want to invest in Africa, uh, they will then uh, invite their partners to say, hey, there's this program that we're doing. Uh, participate in those programs, you know? whether it be at workshops, whether it be at uh, webinars, podcasts, you name it. Uh, and most of them would even have, uh, I mean, I know Sage has a partner hub. They've got, a, they've got Sage City where, where everybody can literally just have an account in there and then they can get product knowledge. They can get, they can, they get you know what's happening on the bigger scheme of things in the industry because of the big guys, uh, they, they know what they're doing, you know? So that would be the first things. Other resources would be to look into uh, an incubation program by, um, I think it's, it's called Oric. And that's what, that's what we did. Um, and then there's also, I think, guys like Race Corp, there's uh, Black Umbrellas. So there is quite a few. And, and, and if you're still stuck and you don't know what to do locally, uh, I know, uh, I mean, for instance, I'm a township guy. I grew up in the township. Uh, I do know that government does uh, put up um, uh, what you call centers, uh, business centers, where you can go and find out all sort of information that's there, what's happening. And you, but you also get to realize what are the gaps and then maybe you can then fill those gaps. And that's how somebody's business journey could actually start. 
Amazing. Amazing. So uh, I, I always, um, I think we could probably carry on for hours, but, I, but, I, but I'm conscious of our time. So I have uh, one final question, which is always my favorite question to our guests, which is, uh, if you could go back now uh, to, to talk to the 18 or 21-year-old Chapiso, what would be the one thing you would want to teach him now, knowing what you know today? Right. Number one, uh, no pressure. You know, uh, there is no pressure. Uh, one just needs to, number one, 18 year old, uh, focus on really what you want to do, right? Whether it be it, you want to be an entrepreneur, whether you want to go to school and qualify something, focus on that and give it all the dedication in the world. Uh, and number two, respect money. Respect money. Uh, I mean, even 30 year old Sophie still needs to learn that, uh, to, to, to respect money. Um, be it saving, investing, and making sure that your money works for you uh, in the long term. Power. Uh, I, I, I mean, I think I, I wish I had told myself the same things when I was 18 and 21 as well. Uh, I, I think we need to wrap up there. Uh, Tapiso, that's been amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, I, I think you've, you, you're going to teach our, our listeners so much information when they hear this. Really appreciate it and, and uh, wish you all the best. Thank you. Really appreciate the opportunity as well. Thank you for listening to Honest Money. If you have any questions, you're welcome to reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at Warren Ingram. Don't forget to subscribe. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Chat soon.